Um, God is good. All the time. That's what we do here. We do weird things like that. If you're brand new, that's what we do to say weird things like that. But the truth is, God is good, isn't he? I just have to say that. Well, we're on the Ten Commandments. I've been Seriously, I've been enjoying the Ten Commandments, right? I don't know about you guys, but I have. There's some practical things uh, we can learn from the Ten Commandments, isn't there? There's some pretty cool things. But um, if you guys have been following along and know your word, let's see if you guys are theologians. What commandment are we on? What number? Four. Four. And what commandment is that one? <laughs> Sabbath. Sabbath. And the majority of you are going, Sabbath? What was that? Right? Seriously, like what is Sabbath? And today's sermon is entitled, A Little R&R. Okay? And so what does R&R stand for? You guys should know what R&R stands for. Rest and relaxation, right? Wait, how many guys, come on. How many guys enjoy a little R&R. And if you're not raising your hand, you're lying. Come on. You guys are workaholics. Take a break. Come on. Right? And so the thing about the Sabbath is, and here's God's heart. God's heart is to take a break, that you really need rest. I mean, imagine the people that just keep on working. Studies have shown there's physical detrimental things that happen to your body, right? If you don't rest, if you don't get proper sleep, if you don't do the, the things that, as leisure things, you're better when you rest. You're more effective, right? Just physically, right? Um, and so in, in a little R&R, we have to take a little R&R. I love vacation, right? But the thing about vacation is I forget that it's for vacation. Because when I, especially when I travel someplace, if you're like me, I like, I'm, we're going to New Zealand. So you know what I do? I go online and look, everything you can do in New Zealand Hobbiton, check, I'm going to Hobbiton. I'm going to Cathedral Cove, yep. And so what happened was I, I had built this itinerary driving all across New Zealand. We drove across New Zealand. And by the time, we only had six days to be there, right? Seriously, I mean, I packed it in, right? At the end of it, I needed a vacation from my vacation. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah. That you get so involved, you do so much things that when you actually do R&R, you forget the reason what the vacation was for, actual rest and relaxation. And that's kind of the, the, the juxta of my, my whole sermon is, is really sometimes we forget what it's for. God gave us Sabbath as a gift. But a lot of times we forget what it's for. We make it into something else, right? We make it into a bunch of rules and regulations, the wrong R&R. Right? So let's read Exodus 20, verse 8. And here's the actual commandment in Exodus 20. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Now, you're probably reading this and going, do we do that? <laughs> right? You're probably like, 
dude, are we sinning right now? What's going on? Do I really actually don't do any work? And have I really dedicated? And what is the Sabbath about? And what's all the rules? And if, are we really following that? Are we all sinners right now? Well, I hope I'm going to explain to you what the Sabbath is all about. And so I want to go to the very beginning. Actually, I want to start off. Well, actually, let's back up from the beginning. I want to uh, just say from this scripture, here's the two reasons why we celebrate Sabbath. And I want to make this very clear. For rest is one. Would you guys agree? That we rest. That you actually relax, right? That you actually do something that's leisure or whatever it is. Whether it's surfing or, or, or just sleeping. Come on, nap time? Come on, anybody have kids out there? Nap time is, is precious, right? I mean, do I really have to twist your arm when God commands you to rest? Do I really have to, come on, come, do I have to say it in the King James Version to make you do it? Thou shalt rest. Oh, okay, I'll do it, Lord. I don't have to twist your arm to do that, right? The second reason why we do Sabbath and why we should do Sabbath is to worship. So two reasons here, to rest and to worship. Actually, right, it says it right here, right? Really clear, right? But on the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God, right? And so really it's a time of uh, recouping, rejuvenating yourself physically, emotionally, and I love this, spiritually, that you would spiritually rejuvenate yourself. That you would go, yeah, God's filling me, making me excited. And how many guys felt really good? I, I heard some tears, but it's like, man, after worship, you're just like, that was good. I mean, I'm blessed. I'm lifted up. And that's what, that's what God wants in our lives. He wants to spiritually rejuvenate us. But in the beginning, why do we do this? Um, let's go to Genesis 2. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a bunch of scriptures. So be prepared to, you know, manipulate your iPad. Or how many guys got real Bibles out there? Who's got some... Real paper. You guys are holy. All right. But in the beginning, Genesis 2, uh, verse 2 says, On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Because it was a day when he rested from all his work of creation. And when I read this, I, get, I have one question. Did God really need to rest? I mean, yeah, he created the heavens and the earth and light and day and sun and moon. And then on this, after all that work, he rested. He's God. Does he really need rest? I don't really have an answer for that. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But I believe he's God. He's all powerful, right? But here's the one thing that kind of crosses to my, my mind when I ask that question. Whoa, yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's not my kid. Thank you, Lord. My kids went on Friday. Okay. Um, isn't it amazing that God was the first example of resting? That he was the example for us to go, you know what? I made you. I created you. You are my masterpiece. You need to take a break. And you know what? I'm the first example of it. So you can't, you got you to do it, right? He's, I love that because that shows his love for me. It shows his love for his creation, for, for the, everyone here. So going, you know what? Man, I know you can't do it seven days a week. I know you can't just toil, 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 profit, profit, gain, gain, gain. You got to take a break. He knew that. It shows God's love. And so on here, according to this scripture, when do we actually, when should we, according to the law, celebrate Sabbath? On the seventh day. And according to our week, what's the seventh day? Saturday. So that means you guys are all sinners. I went to church on Saturday, so I'm good. I'm good for the week, right? You guys are all sinners, right? Wait, he just called me sinners. Well, we are all sinners. Saved by grace. Awesome, right? But are we sinning really? And I want to I get to that. Why do we, as Christians, Christians around the world, why is Sunday the day we go to church? Because if we're really talking about Sabbath, it's about going to church, right? 
Get, yes, yes, just follow along with me, right? So a lot of us, right, we celebrate on Sunday. And we have, you know, us, we have church on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday just to make it convenient. But the big church day across the world is Sunday. And why is that? Well, in Acts 20, we see this. Verse 7, it says, On the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. Okay, so here in this verse, and, and we don't have anything really, really clear, but here it says, and it doesn't even say Sabbath here, but when did they meet? On the first day of the week, which is, according to our schedule, Sunday, right? So here we are, and what they did on Sunday was they gathered with local believers, right? The church came together, they met, and what they do? They shared the Lord's Supper. And what, is, what does the Lord's Supper mean? Well, it means they got together and had a potluck. In, in Jesus' name. You know what we did this morning? We did communion, right? And this could be called the Lord's Supper, right? It's a small meal, but really the purpose of it is to remember Jesus Christ, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's what we do. And so here we have a bunch of local believers gathering together. For local, here's a little side note. Wasn't well, communion awesome? I just want to say that again, right? I mean, I, I seriously, I heard tears and crying and just, man, when you do it, you don't need anybody to convince you, right, how good Jesus is. The most amazing thing about that is, is I love taking communion with family and friends. And when I, I consider yourselves family. And actually, um, I've already taken communion four times because I'm preaching all weekend, right? And you know what? There's no, in the Bible, there's no limit, right? So I'm, I'm going to take it four times, and it's awesome. Every single time on Friday night, I was here with my wife and my kids, and then actually someone joined us. And actually, they were kind of hurting a little bit, and they needed prayer. And at the end of my prayer, and after taking communion, I, I, I turned to her, and I said, you know what? You're family. So I, I told her. And then I came on Saturday night, and I was by myself. And then someone, a, a family, got communion. And I said, hey, can I join you? And the first thing he said to me was, your family. And I'm like, whoa, cool. Thank you, right? Then at uh, the 7 a.m. service, I came, and guess who was there? My actual family, <laughs> my blood relatives, and we actually got to take communion together. And at this service, I got to take uh, communion with the Vanderkois, which I consider family, which is awesome. This is awesome. These guys are incredible guys, and I felt, I felt the family, and that's my little side note. Isn't just coming together in communion, the Lord's Supper, isn't that good? Right? That's what Sabbath is all about. We come together and we worship the Lord, not just for him, but for us as we come in fellowship, right? And then it says, Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. You really don't want me to do that, right? But what does this sound like to you? What does it look like to you? It's church, isn't it? They got together, local believers, they ate the Lord's Supper, they worshiped, they, well, they didn't say they worshiped, but they just, they, they enjoyed, and they decided on the first week, right? And why did they do that? And here's what we believe, why they did the first day, of the, why they changed it to the first day of the week, is because um, Jesus died on a Friday, and then he rose again on the first day of the week, on a Sunday. And so the Christians got together, you know, you know what? When we get together, when we get together every single week, let's do it on the day that Jesus rose from the grave, when he resurrected on the first day of the week. And so every single time we come together, we celebrate and honor his resurrection. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Yeah, come on. That when you come on a Sunday, seriously, I mean, I know a lot of us come on Easter Sunday to really go, yeah, the resurrection. But seriously, every Sunday you come here, you celebrate the resurrection. 
We do, because we celebrate his grace and forgiveness and all that he provided because of his death and resurrection. And, and that's what we do on a Sunday. So you, you know what? You guys are good. You guys feel good? You guys are good, right? So over the years, over the centuries of this law, when this law was in place, um, there's been a whole bunch of rules that have been added to this so that they made sure that people follow the Sabbath. I mean, if you follow Judaism today, um, and the Mormons are really strict. There's a whole bunch of rules, and over the centuries, there's a lot of rules. Actually, in Judaism today, there are 39 categories of prohibited activities on Sabbath. 39 categories. And when I say categories, I, I mean categories, not specific things. For example, a category uh, on the Sabbath that you can't do is cooking or baking. So you have to prepare everything beforehand. Um, you only can write one letter on Sabbath. You can't write more than two, I think. Right? Writing is prohibited. Um, exchanging money is prohibited, which means there's no selling or buying, which means all the stores are closed. Um, you can't start a fire on Sunday. I know you guys are like, oh, I can't start fire. I know you guys do that very often. You start a fire. But here's the thing about, here's under the category of starting a fire, you can't drive. Because driving burns fuel. Ah, uh, right? So you can't, and here's another one. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not making fun of this. This is just an actual fact. You can't rip toilet paper. On a set. You can't tear, tear anything that's preparated. So you have to pre-tear the toilet paper beforehand or get um, Sabbath kosher toilet paper that's pre-ripped. Um, it's because it's considered work, right? And I totally respect that. I know it sounds funny, but you know what? I think it's, there's, for, rightfully so, there's all these rules. So they made sure that the people aren't gathering grain and going, I'm all about profit and ooh, Sabbath, no one's doing it. And I get to profit more because I've got more grain and it's a competitive thing and there, there's, it, it, it enhances the greediness and whatever it is. And they're like, no, we got to make some rules. You, you got to obey Sabbath. But by the time that Jesus came on board, by the time Jesus came to this earth to do what he needed to do, which was die for us, amen. Woo, awesome, right? By that time, there was all the, a lot of these rules were already in place. You had no working, no harvesting grain, no untying things. Um, you know, there's all, just all these categories where a lot of them were already in place. The problem was when Jesus came um, to this earth, they, they, they took these rules and they made it way more important than why the commandment was intended for. They looked at the rules and not at the heart. And let me ask you, I already said this. What was the Sabbath for? Rest, Rest and worship. A little R and W, right? And that's what they did. But you know what they turned it R and R into? A little bit of rules and regulations. And that's all they thought about was these things. And so Jesus said, you know what? There's a problem. You guys are, are focusing on that and you guys are missing the point completely. I want to make sure that you guys learn why we do this. And so you know how he figured it out, how he, how he actually confronted this issue. And I think, isn't, isn't, when you read the gospel, isn't Jesus a genius? I mean, seriously, all the, all the things that he did and how he forgave people and how he confronted people and how he said things like when people like, they're questioning him and he had an answer to it. I go, wow, Jesus, I still look at those things and go, how do you think of those things? You're an amazing, like, wow, how do you? And, people, and every time you see, people were astounded by his answer. Like they're amazed by his authority. And here's another example of how he addressed this issue of the Sabbath. You know what he did? He did miracles. That's what he decided to do. I'm going to do miracles on the Sabbath, right? 
And he did miracles on the Sabbath in front of all the religious leaders, all the, all the, the R&R, the Rules and Regu- Regulations Sabbath police, right? The Sabbath police were all around, and he decided to do the miracles. Why? Because he knew that it was going against their man-made rules, right? And you know what? He, he, it wasn't like he did the mistake. Se- he did it seven times. It wasn't like he did a mistake seven times, right? He's all, he did a miracle. He healed someone, and they're all, oh, oh oops, sorry, my bad. Next time. Oh, and he did it again. They're like, oh, oh, hey, remember the first time you did it? Oh, sorry. Mm, you know, I'll work on it. No, he wasn't like, and then seven times, like, you think God made, Jesus made a mistake seven times? He wasn't making a mistake. He made a point. He's trying to make a point, right? And each of those miracles were healings. Actually, uh, six of them were physical healings. And one of them was he casted out a demon, which is he does spiritual healing. And so here in Luke, let's turn to Luke um, Luke 13. And here's one of the examples of Jesus' miracle on a Sabbath. Luke 13, verse 10 says, One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, uh, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God, but the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites, each of you work on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. Isn't that that a great story? He healed someone and made a point, right? Um... And why was healing breaking the Sabbath? Well, there was a man-made rule, right? There should be no healing allowed on Sabbath. Why? Because who's actually, who actually, what's their profession to heal? Who, whose profession is it to heal? Doctors, physicians, nurses, whatever, right? They do those things, right? And so they considered him, Jesus a doctor when he healed someone and that he actually was practicing his profession. So thus he broke the Sabbath, right? But did Jesus really work? I mean, if you read the scripture, what did he do? Woman, come over here. Boop. Oh, that was exhausting. But isn't that the power of our, I just want to point that out. Isn't that, isn't that amazing that he didn't, all he did was come here. Bam. She was healed instantly. That's the power of Jesus. That's the power of Jesus right there. I just want to point that out. But you know what? Yeah, the, the religious leader, he he missed the miracle, but you know what else he missed? Actually, I think he, something more important than missing the miracle, you know what he missed? The compassion and love of Jesus. He missed that. He completely missed the compassion and love of Jesus because that's what he was compelled to do, right? You don't stop loving people. It's like, oh, love is one of those cat. No, right? And here, Jesus is pointing out a thing. My love, your love, should trump the rule, Right? My love, my love and my compassion trumps the rule. Actually, when he was asked what are the greatest commandments, right? You guys should know this. Love God and love others. 
What's the main word in those two commandments? Love. And everything falls underneath that. He actually even said, you know what? Do you let your ox or donkey die of thirst? Right? You're just going to like, it's Sabbath day and you see your, your donkey like, I'm thirsty. Right? And then just watch your donkey just die because you didn't lead it to water. Right? Like, I'll just do double work on Monday. I'll just drag it away, whatever it is. Right? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna care for your donkey. And what does he call this woman that he healed? A daughter of Abraham. Isn't that more valuable than an ox or your donkey? A daughter of Abraham? Wouldn't you care for that instead? My love and compassion trumps that, trumps that rule that you made, that man-made rule. Um, here's another um, thing that happened on the Sabbath. And it's not a healing, but it does show Jesus' heart. In Mark 2, verse 23, let's turn there. Mark 2, verse 23 says, One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read the scriptures? in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days of Abiathar, was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the, the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And I want to point out that there's an exclamation point right there, which means Jesus was fired up. Right? He wasn't saying, the Son of Man is even the Lord of the Sabbath. No, he was like, dude, the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Get my point here. He was excited. He was passionate. He was, you know, he was making a point, right? And I read this and go, wow. He's like, you know what? The disciples weren't working, right? They weren't working for a prophet. They were like, no, we're going to make, and then we're going to make bread and make a prophet. You know what they were? They were hungry, Right? And he, he actually pointed out an example of David. And actually, if you read the story of David, when he actually ate the sacred loaves, the holy loaves that were only for the priests, you know what was happening? He wasn't king yet. He was running for his life from Saul, King Saul, who was trying to kill him. So he and him, him and his companions were running for their lives. And they're looking for food. And they're like, oh, we can't find it. Oh, no, their guards are over there. And so they're running, right? And they're hungry and they're desperate. And they're like, oh, man, we're hungry. Do you have any food? And you know whose idea was it? It wasn't David's idea to eat the holy bread. You know whose idea it was? It was the priest's idea. The priest said, why didn't you eat the holy bread? And I believe that guy had compassion. So he looked at David and went, ooh, you guys are hungry. You guys need some food right now. Um, the odd thing is I actually experienced something like this. And I'm going to tell you a story that has no spiritual value. But because it relates to this, I, I just have to tell you. This actually kind of happened to me once. Um, I, I, I was in a band in the 90s. And we used to go on tour on the mainland. And we used to drive. And we're poor musicians. We didn't get paid for any of our music that we played. And we just out of our own pocket and we're just, you know, you know, we're hungry musicians. We're driving. And I remember driving from, um, we're driving in uh, Nevada into Idaho and it was getting late and we're running out of gas and we actually, we're really hungry and we're just like, okay, we'll just stop by and get gas and get food and all that and, you know, whatever it is. And so we're driving and we're driving into Idaho and the sun was going down. I remember this. It was like, we, I just noticed, I'm like looking at the street going, there's nobody on the street. And I'm looking at all the, 
the stores. All the stores are closed. And like all the street lights were off. I was getting scared. I mean, it was like, there was no gas stations, no food, no fast food places. We're driving for hours. And I, I promise you, because I was freaking out. I'm in my 20. I, oh, I totally overreacted. I'm just going, we're going to die. <laughs> we're going to die. And to my, in my brain, I thought, this must be like a Sabbath thing or whatever it is. And I'm going, we're going to die on Sabbath. We're going to be on the side of the road just like, it's like whatever it was. I, I, I literally, I was scared because, you know, the sun was going down and, and we were driving and then it got dark. And I, I actually found out there was a lot of Mormons in that area, in, in, this, in this place of Idaho. And they strictly adhered to the Sabbath. So everything was shut down. And we were driving for hours and I was scared. And then finally driving, it was dark. And at, in the summertime, the sun goes down pretty late, right? In the mainland, right? So we're talking like 10 o'clock and we're hungry, run, running out of gas. And then I saw light. Saw this glorious light. We're like, ooh, drive towards the light. You know what it was? It's a Wendy's sign. <laughs> oh my, it was, the, it was like the angel of the Lord just showed up <laughs> as Wendy. I was like, yes, it's the best burger I ever ate in my life. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. And it, God, look at this. And I'm sorry that I just had to share that. It was just like this. These guys, they weren't trying to get a game. They were like looking, scrounging for food. Like, oh man, we're hungry. We got to do this, right? And Jesus was going, you know what? Let me read the King James Version of uh, verse 27. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for Sabbath. You know what he's saying? God gave you this Sabbath as a benefit. He gave it for you as a gift, as a provision for you, not as a burden. I gave it to you as a gift. Does he say it, it was for God? No, it was for man. I gave it to you as a gift, right? And so many, and these guys were like, they took the rule and it was above the provision. It was above the blessing. And you know what? A lot of times we can actually read the, the Bible and we can point our fingers at those religious leaders and, oh yeah, they should have known better. But can't we slip into this sometimes? I'm glad one person agrees. <laughs> can't we slip into a place where we make something that is a rule, but it was intended for something else? We totally can fall into this. Let me give you some examples. Reading the Bible. Going to church, praying, journaling, right? Or maybe how about this? Pray in the morning because it's holier, right? You start off your day, right, right, with, with praying to God. Now, are all these things good? But can we turn them into a rule that we have to do, like a checklist thing? Or something that we put on going, this is what a Christian looks like. He prays, he reads the Bible, he goes to church. I'm a Christian, Right? It's a checklist or a to-do list or something that we put on to go, look what I, I am. And, and seriously, I, I, I just recently, I've been convicted of this. Um, how many guys are actually trying to and attempting to uh, read the Bible in a year? Anybody? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Ra raise your hand proudly. Come on. These guys are attempting to read the Bible in a year. Let's give them a hand. Not an easy task. Not an easy task at all. And I've been doing this over the years. I've been, I've been, you know, I'm a pastor, so I almost felt like I'm required to read the Bible from the front and the back. And I, would, I encourage you guys, one of the best things you can do is actually read the Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, because you see a, a bigger picture of, of, of God's story. I think it's an amazing thing. But the thing was for me was, I made it into a rule. How did I make it into a rule? This is the thing I have to do. 
right? And so I, I, I've, I've done it a, a couple times. And so this year I decided to do it. Last year, I, actually, last year I decided to do it. But one thing happened. My twins were born. And the shift that I have to watch my babies is when my wife needs some sleep was from 6 o'clock in the morning to when I have to go to work. And so my shift of watching the babies took over my devotion time. Man, my kids, man, they just kicked my devotion time to the curb, right? And I had to do that. And so I found it very difficult to read the Bible in the year. You know what my favorite button on the YouVersion Bible is? Anybody have the YouVersion Bible? My favorite button, ketchup. The ketchup button. You know what the ketchup is? It's like if you're behind a week or a month or whatever it is, boom, I'm still holy. Awesome. Right? You press the button and you're, you're still good. I'm still on track. The Bible in here might, make, make, uh, might take two years, but that's okay. The ketchup button, right? And I was doing this and I was trying to read the Bible and I was trying to be, you know, I, it was, I was, you know, because you can press the button like I read this and I read this and I read this. And then it actually shows you, you read 40% of the Bible and whatever it is. Then I was sitting in church one day, and uh, how many of you guys remember the sermon uh, Carl, Pastor Carl made about uh, finding the, 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 the seashells? And he said, you know, he, instead of look, going out into the deep or, under the, or over the reef, he said, why don't you try and look in this shallow area right here? And like that story where he was just like, right? And he find, found the jackpot. And, it was, and the, the one thing that I learned from that sermon was to change it up. Sometimes you got to change your perspective. Sometimes you got to change your thinking. And in that moment, God said to me, I really believe, he said, Tom, it's time to change it up. Are you reading your Bible? Are you learning anything from the Bible that you read? Are you, are you gaining any insight from, from the word that you're reading from my word? Or are you doing it as a checklist? And I was like, oh, I'm doing it as a checklist. And God said, Ch- change it up. And I, I'm like, God, how do, I, how do I change it up? And I looked around, you know what I saw? Right beside me? Daily bread. Right? It's all the daily bread. And the daily bread is just like a couple scriptures and like a little bit of insight of what the scriptures are all about. And I, here's, here, I'm, can I confess something to you? I always used to think the daily bread, those are for beginner Christians. Those are, those are for the, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I've been a, I've been a Christian for 30 years. And God's all, read the daily bread. <laughs> and what he, what he was really saying was simplify yourself, right? You know what I'm doing right now? which is kind of cool. This is the season I'm in. I'm reading like three, two or three verses, small verses. And you know what I'm doing? I'm meditating on them. I'm memorizing them. And I'm getting back to like, going, that is a good verse. I'm letting it soak into my brain, right? And you know, I'm getting back to what it says in Psalm 1. It says, if you meditate on my word day and night, you'll be like a tree planted by the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season and your leaves will never wither. That's the reason why I read the Bible, isn't it? That's the reason why you read the Bible. You don't put a checklist and go, this is what I look like to do a Christian. You know what? You can make church into that. You can make praying into that, into a rule, and you forget what it was intended for. But you know what? I don't want to look like a Christian. I want to be a Christian. Don't you guys want to do that? I don't, I don't want to put the, 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 the look of a Christian in the inside. I'm, I'm totally different, right? Um, when I was in junior high, I wanted desperately to be a metalhead. Uh, maybe you've heard this story before, but I'm saying it again, right? I want to be a metalhead, which means when I went to Midpack, I was a, a new seventh grader in Midpack, and I was wearing Aloha shirts and slacks and I glasses, and I was a nerd. I was a nerd. And I saw this group that I wanted to be a part of. 
this, the heavy metal punk rock group. I wanted, to be, I wanted to be like them. I thought they were funny, whatever it is. And so you know what I did? I studied them, and I started dressing like them, and I started listening to their music, right? And so what I did was I saw what they did. They had, you know, metal shirts. So I bought a metal shirt with a band on it, right? I'm, I listened to this band, right? And I bought a camouflage jacket that was cut off, and, and I, I looked like them, because they had, right? And here's, I'll admit this, I used to put mascara underneath my eyes to make me look even tougher. Mind you, I was a 5'2", 93-pound junior higher. I had, a leather, I had a leather glove that you could put spikes on. And this is, I mean, it's funny to me that I think of, I used to get on the bus. I used to get on the bus, like, thinking I'm so tough, this little... I'm a metalhead. You know what? I had everything that made me look like a metalhead, but inside I was a 93-pound insecure junior hire that wanted friends, that needed friends, that needed acceptance, that was like, man, please just, just put me, just accept me in your group. But you know what? I don't want my Christianity to be like that. I want the inside to flow out to the outside. So if the inside is, is, you know what, this is where I need to be with God and, and I'm filling up and maturing, then the outside will show and then I will go to church and then I will read the Bible, then I will pray. How many of you guys ever saw the movie Shadowlands? Go see it. It's about C.S. Lewis and how he, found, he fell in love with his wife. But C.S. Lewis was a great uh, Christian author. He wrote Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Anybody? Right? He wrote, wow, we got some awesome. We got some Narnia nerds over there. Awesome. Cool. I'm one too. <laughs> um, Sorry about that. <laughs> and, and, and he wrote Mere Christianity and just an awesome man of God that wrote, and he, they made a movie about him. And this is not uh, a quote from C.S. Lewis, actually. This is actually from the movie, but I love this quote. It says this. Someone talk, was talking to, they called him Jack. It says, Jack, but I know how hard you've been praying. And now God is answering your prayers. And then C.S. Lewis answers this. That's not why I pray, Harry. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. I think that's a powerful quote because of the fact there's a difference between having to do something, having to follow a rule, or needing to do something because I believe in an awesome, incredible God that I need to rely on. You see the difference? that I have a dependency on him, that it's flowing up. I need to read the Bible. Why? Because it feeds my soul. Because I get to grow in Christ and God gets to reveal things to me. That's why I go to church. That's why I do the things. And I don't want to turn it into a rule, right? I want to make sure that it's always a benefit, that the Sabbath was made for me and not me for the Sabbath. Amen? And why do we do this? And why should we do the Sabbath? Um, the one thing we ought to remember is, is Jesus. I know that's a real simple answer, but it says in the word that Jesus fulfilled the law, didn't he? He fulfilled the law. And, and, and some of you guys are going, what does that mean? What does fulfill the law mean? And in the simplest terms, I, I think fulfilling the law means this. Now, I have a question to ask. Can any of us here, can any of us here keep all the commandments in the, in the Bible? No way. I like that answer. No way. I was going to add a stinking, but no way, right? There's no way we can follow any of the commandments. We all 
fall short. That's actually biblical. We have all fallen short. We have all sinned, every single one of us. There is no exception. And you know what? God knew that. And you know what he did about it? He sent Jesus Christ for us. And when he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross, and when he was resurrected from the grave, because of that, we have forgiveness, we have freedom, we have grace, we have life. And in that, he made the law that was imperfect, he made it perfect. In that, in a law that was incomplete, that couldn't forgive us of all our sins, he made it complete. And when I say Jesus fulfilled the law, it means he set us free from the law. He didn't abolish it. He fulfilled it. He made it perfect. Are you hearing me? And what does it have to do with Sabbath? Well, it has a lot to do with Sabbath, actually. Um, actually, Paul wrote about it in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. It says this. You are dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In the same way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And here's a, a really important verse, verse 16. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is that reality. Awesome. Man, you guys get excited about that verse? That it, the things that, the rules, the Sabbath thing, and the new moons, and whatever, all these rules, they're only a shadow. What, the, what he's really saying is, it's only a glimpse of the real Christ. I'm only trying to make sure that you get a glimpse. When we come to church, we're only getting a glimpse of who Jesus is. I've been a Christian for a long time, and I'm only getting a glimpse because the reality of it, when I get to go to heaven, I see Jesus face to face, I'm going to be blown away. And so are you. We're going to be blown away going, oh, man. I wish I, wish I knew. Wow. We're going to get blown away because of the fact that this is only, what we are experiencing now is only a shadow, is only a glimpse, right? And so he's saying, you know what? Don't let anyone condemn you. If you're not following all the, the rules and the regulations, don't let anyone condemn you. You're free in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law. How many of you guys are glad about that? Right? So what am I saying? Am I saying to you right now, ah, guys, don't have to practice the Sabbath. Am I saying that? Well, you know what? If the Sabbath is actually a benefit, right? If, an, if, an, if it's an actual gift from the Lord, shouldn't we take advantage of that benefit? Shouldn't we? I mean, how many guys have ever, I mean, how many guys have ever missed uh, 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 something that was a benefit for you or like a, a deal? How many guys have missed a deal? How many guys hate missing deals? Right? You get to Long's and it's like, oh, this was on, the, the spam was on sale for 99 cents yesterday. Ah! <laughs> right? How many of you guys do the Groupon thing? I do the Groupon thing where you're like, you get 15 bucks worth of something and you, well, you buy 15 bucks, you, you pay 15 bucks, but you get 30 bucks of, of it, right? I did this for Regal Donuts, which is awesome donuts, by the way. Anybody ate Regal Donuts before? I bought $15 to get $30 worth of donuts. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with $30 worth of donuts, but I was that greedy at the time. And um, there's a deadline to that, right? You have to buy it by a certain date. And so I'm one of those procrastinators. And so I looked at my Groupon thing. I'm going, you have to buy um, the donuts by today. 
And so you know what I did? I packed out my wife and my kids, and we went to town. We drove all the way to town. It was like noon. Like, we gotta, we gotta, we can't miss this deal. We can't miss this deal, no matter, no matter what, right? We drove all the way there. It says, open, open, right? I opened the door. His first words out of his mouth, we're out of donuts. <laughs> I'm like, eh, I missed the deal, right? I was so bummed. But are you taking full advantage of the deal that God is giving us through Sabbath? You know what I miss? I miss church. You're looking at me weird. We're in church and I'm here. But I'm on staff. And you know what that means is that we work really hard. We think about and we make sure that we, that we have a good experience prepared for you guys. Are you hearing me? And you know what the best days of work for staff is on the weekend when we come to church. Why? Because we get to see you guys, right? But you know what we're doing? We have a job. We have things to think about, right? You guys get to come to church and enjoy. You know what I miss? I miss when back in the 80s when me and my friends went, you go in church? Oh, you like go surf before church? Oh, yeah, let's do that, right? We would sleep over each other's house, and then we wake up before the sun came. We'd go surf. We'll surf till the, when the sun comes up. And then we would look at our watch and go, oh, it's time for 10 o'clock service. Right? We go to 7-Eleven, grab something to eat. We'll walk into Ben Parker Cafeteria. Anybody remember Ben Parker? Walk into Ben Park, Parker Cafeteria. We have a sandwich in our hand, our shorts are wet, and sand on our feet, and we're worshiping God. I miss that. I miss that. I miss that. It's like, you, I envy you guys sometimes because you get to wake up and go, we get to go to church today. We get to church. Are you experiencing the benefit of, of, of this church, of the fellowship that you have? You get to worship here. Communion was such a blessing, wasn't it? That it's a spiritual rejuvenation. It's just like, wow, man, I'm going to walk out of here and I'm going to be ready for the rest of the week. I'm going to be better for the rest of the week. Are you resting on your Sabbath? Are you taking full advantage of the rest? And when I mean rest, are you doing something that builds you up, right? Because you know what? You know what? You could be doing work like gardening or something or whatever it is. But if you like that, God bless you. Awesome. If you like that and if that's comforting and leisure to you, do it. Right? Do something that you love to do. Right? Don't let the rules and regulations rule you. Enjoy. Are you taking full advantage? You know, I think one, we can learn something from uh, the Judaism. Right? They have all these rules. And what they have to do is they have to eat Sabbath dinner together. Right? How many of you guys have family dinner together? I encourage you guys. You know what? Because I, I, the more I study Sabbath, the more now that I have kids, I want to grow up and have a Sabbath di dinner. I want to have a Sabbath dinner. You know what? I want to have some rules, right? Because I, I go to dinner sometimes. You know what I see? I, I see people doing this, and I'm totally guilty of this. What I see people doing at dinner as a group, they're doing this. And they're on Facebook, and you know what they're, they're, you know what they're Facebooking? Spending quality time with family. Come on, right? See this all the time. You know what my rule is? Put the iPad down. Put the phone down. Dude, my kids are 50 months old. They're tweeting already. <laughs> Completely by accident because I left my phone on the floor. They're like, right? They, they tweeted a couple of things, I promise you, right? But I'm going to put the phone away. Why? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of the rule? What's the intent of the rule? So that we can talk. So we can get to know each other. There's something to be said about the rules that are in place for the reason of family, resting, recuperation, rejuvenation. Don't you want Sabbath to be a benefit? I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know what? I want my Sabbath to be a Sabbath. Let it be a blessing to you. Amen? Let it be a benefit. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads.
Lord, I want to thank you so much for your heart and your love for us that says, man, I gave you this for a reason. I didn't, I didn't give it to you to be a burden. You didn't, want to, you didn't want to burden us. I mean, you gave Jesus Christ for that very reason. You didn't want to burden us. You make it so easy to come to you, Lord. And Sabbath is no different, Lord. Lord, let Sabbath be a benefit to us that we enjoy coming together as a, as a, as a body of Christ. That, man, church is a good day, man. Sunday is a good day. We get to go to church. We get to be with, with, with family and friends. And that we would rest, that we would do something that's good, that we hang out with family, that we have family dinners, that we would talk to each other. Lord, that we would really, really enjoy the Sabbath because you knew that we needed the rest. You knew that we needed to hang out with family. You knew that because of that, we would be better when the, day, the other six days when we are working, we would be that much more effective. Because we're in the right mindset, God. And thank you so much for Sabbath. Thank you so much. I want to say one more prayer for anyone here. That you're sitting here and you're going, well, you're talking about Sabbath, but really you're talking about that guy, Jesus. That's pretty awesome. That he forgave my sins, that I'm, I'm set free if I, if I follow him. And if you're sitting here today and you've never had a, a relationship with Jesus Christ, well, let me tell you one thing. He absolutely wants a relationship with you. I, I mean, I, I would argue that he is so, uh, so glad that, that, he, that you're here and, and those circumstances have brought you here. And he's going, yes, you're here. You're here to worship me. You're here to find out what I'm all about. And if you're here and you've never made that, full, that commitment to Jesus Christ, I'm gonna give you that opportunity to do that this morning. If you want to tell him, Lord, uh, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe because of that, I am forgiven of sin. That I am free. That, that it's not about rules and regulations, but it's about this relationship with you, Lord Jesus. And if, this, if that's you this morning, I'm going to say a prayer in about a minute or so. And all I'm asking is that if, if you're going to say that prayer with me, and you, you tell me that you're going to be praying with me. I'm going to count to three. When I hit three, all I ask is that you raise your hand. And by raising your hand, you're telling me, Pastor Tom, I want to pray with you. I want that relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe for some of you, it's, it's you coming back to Jesus. Maybe you haven't come to church for a while or whatever it is, or you're just feeling like, man, I just need to get back into it. And you're saying, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. Well, that includes you now too. So here we go. I'm going to count to three. On three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Does anybody want that? Awesome. We got one. We got two. We got three. Anybody else? Four, five, six. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. 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 Incredible. Anybody else? This is literally the, the, the most important part of this service right now is because when you come to Jesus Christ, when you personally come to Jesus Christ, is there anybody else? Literally the best decision you will ever make. Jesus is that good. Another one, awesome, awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? I wanna make sure we make some time for this because gosh, this is you coming to Jesus. I love that, I love that. Oh gosh, praise God. You guys have made an awesome decision. Let's put your hands down right now. I want to say this prayer, but you know what? I'm going to be saying a prayer, but I want you to follow along like it's your prayer. 
Say it like it's your words to Jesus Christ. If you want to say it under your breath or we'll just follow along, just, just pray this to him. Lord Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I've realized that it's not about a bunch of rules or regulations I have to follow. Really, it's about following you, seeing where you're going. And I like where you're going, Lord Jesus. I like what you did for me. I believe what you did for me. You died on the cross for me. And because of that, I'm forgiven of sin. You rose again from the grave three days later by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's awesome because now I'm alive with you. So because of that, I, this morning, I mark this morning that you are my Lord and my Savior, my King, and my friend. I get to call you friend. I love you and I praise you and I thank you. Jesus, precious name, we all say.